0: Jesus is the light of the world. That is what we are going to learn from God's one today as we look at uh, John chapter 8. Those of you who have been around know that when I have had the privilege of preaching in the morning, I've been preaching from the book of John. And uh, we are going to look from our story off, but I would like us to read the whole chapter, not the whole chapter, but the first that verses as one says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? This they sent to test him, that they might have some chance to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first. To throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they handed it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one learned. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Pastor Ruff, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I come from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone. Who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. These ones, Jesus spoke in the treasury, as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them, again I am going away, and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going you cannot come, so the Jews sinned. Will he kill himself, since he says, where I am going you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I'm from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would, would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? He said to them, Guess what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true. and I." Did, Declare to the world what I have heard from him. they did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father, so they said to him, Where, when you have lifted? So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. For always, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise your name for giving us your wants we thank you lord for these are the ones of christ there were people who are doubting there were people who, who did not believe especially the religious leaders whose motive and desire was to, to destroy jesus we pray lord god that we will not be counted with those who sought to destroy christ those who did not Hear his voice, those who did not want to follow him, even as he offered himself. We pray, Lord God, that we will be those who hear and those who follow, just like those who believed as we have read. Be with us, bless your one together this afternoon, for we pray this in Jesus' name. We have read from this passage, verse 12. Jesus, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We will focus on that one.
1: And uh, even
0: before we. Start looking at this. Passenger would like us to think about the last verse that we have read. Was that, uh, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. And if you are familiar with the Gospel of John, once the last chapters after the resurrection, there is this uh, disciple who did not believe that Christ had risen. And that is Thomas. But when he met the Lord Jesus, this is what he says in John chapter 20 verse 28, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And that is what I would wish happens this morning to anyone of us who does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because even if there were very many people who were doubting there were still some who believed. And that is what gives us a lot of encouragement to preach the gospel. But what we need to realize is it is the word of Christ. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. They believed in Christ. And that is the good news. That is the good news. And that is what Everyone who is privileged to preach the gospel should preach because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. And so it is possible for somebody this morning to be an unbeliever. And yet at the end of the message, at the end of the sermon this morning, one can believe just like these people believed. But you look at this passage again, we read in 8 verse 24, unless you believe that I, I am, I understand the he, because what we have in our Bibles is, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. I understand he is andent It wasn't there in the orig- original. So Jesus is saying, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. Those who do not repent of their sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will die in their sin. And there is a lot that the Lord is telling us in this passage, and that is what I would like you to pay attention to. But let me remind you the background in this passage. It was during the Feast of Tabernacles, In the Jewish calendar, this was the most important feast. And there were a number of ceremonies that were taking place. The the priest could take water from the pool of Siloam and and lead in a, a procession.
1: And then at night,
0: particularly during the last week, there were. Bright lights, flannel lights, if we, if we, if we can use that one, that were also placed and people would celebrate the whole night praising God with the, the, the Levites leading in singing and, the, and, and in the worship of God. And what that one itself reminds us is like, like the water, that one was re- reminding them of God's provision of water in the wilderness. And also the lights were showing, reminding them of the pillar, of the clown, the, 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 the cloud pillar that led them by night. And also the cloud that gave them protection during the day because they were going through the desert. For all those 40 years, the Lord's presence was with them. So when we read in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, um, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will never last. Jesus is the manna. he's reminding them he is the manna, the bread of life. Just like the bread that God provided in the wilderness, Jesus is the bread of life. And in chapter 7, verse 37 to that 8, this is what we read on the last day of the feast, the great, the great day Jesus stood up and cried out, even one thus let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Again, that one is a reminder that Jesus is the water from the rock that satisfied the thirst of his people during those days of traveling. When they were thirsty, it is the Lord Jesus who provided them with that water. And so even as we come to this particular passage, 8 verse 12, again Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but we will have the light of life. Again, that one is reminding us that Jesus is the pillar of fire in the wilderness. And that one provided protection and guidance. Even as they were traveling because they did not know the way. They were also traveling at night and that pillar of light provided them direction. And so, when you look at this passage, it's talking about light and darkness. I am the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. So, what I would like us to, to consider briefly is the contrast that exists between light and darkness. And obviously, when you think about darkness, about light especially, it applies to God. It refers to holiness. John tells us, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. So light points to the holiness of God. Darkness, on the other hand, is a picture of sin that covers the world and the people that are there. From verse one to 11, I know we are under someone on that one, but I would like to to, to draw some example of light and darkness from that one also, from from verse one to 11, because here we are given a situation where the leaders brings a woman who is caught in an adultery. She is guilty, she has committed a crime. She has broken God's law. She has broken the seventh commandment. And the penalty for that one is death. And that is what these religious leaders are asking because they want Jesus to answer. To give an answer, to give a verdict on what happens to one who breaks God's law. It is quite clear what they are saying is what Moses instructed that she, she needed to be stoned. Whoever committed such a crime was to be stoned to death, but not one, because adultery is between two people. Although it is only the woman who was brought here. But what I would like you to get from that one as an illustration of light and darkness is, maybe at the beginning you can ask yourself:
1: which Who? Who is guilty? Who is the
0: most? wicked sinner? The woman who was caught in adultery or the accusers? Those people brought her and and threw her at the feet of Jesus and expecting Jesus to give an an answer. Because as uh, we read, what they were interested in. Verse 6, this they sent to him that they might have some charge to bring against him. They were bringing her to Jesus, not because. She had broken God's law, but they were looking for something, an accusation. Their interest was not justice, not God's law that had been broken, but their interest and their motive was to find something to pin Jesus. Because if Jesus said, go ahead, stone her, that, that would have put them into problem with the Romans. Because at that time, the Romans were the rulers. And it was not, to to the Romans, that was not a a crime, worthy of death. And then if he said, you don't, you you, you don't stone her, then again, it it would appear as if Jesus was not upholding the law of God. So so that is what they saw as the dilemma. And Jesus because he knew what was in their heart, their motive. Jesus is the light of the world and light shines where there is darkness. These people came quite excited because now they knew they, they, they were going to pin him down to find something to accuse him. But when Jesus asked them, the, the one who is without sin to be the first to cast the stone on her, I think that brought a lot of silence. And Jesus continued writing on the, on the ground. And one by one, starting with the oldest, they, they left. Jesus was left with the woman. Their own conscience condemned them. And then Jesus asked this woman, where are your accusers? And she says, no one, no one has accused her, they have all left.
1: And Jesus told
0: her, neither do I go sin no more. At that point, we see the mercy of God. This woman is aware of our sins. She is not condemned, she is forgiven. That is the grace of God. And so at the end, we can say the woman
1: was enjoying the light of Christ.
0: Her sins are forgiven. And she goes with her heart changed because the Lord tells her to sin no more. What about those the accusers? you know the only one who could have cast the stone on that woman was the Lord Jesus, because he's the only one who was without sin. He was the only one who was qualified to judge that woman, to condemn her, to fulfill that law. But he showed mercy and forgave her. Unfortunately, these people walked away condemned, and convicted of their own sin because no one, they realized that they were sinners, and yet no one. And that is what happens. Sometimes the wonder of Christ brings conviction, but it doesn't yield any result. One ends up feeling guilty, but instead of remaining and running to Christ and knowing who He is, one goes with
1: a sin. Condemned.
0: When you look at these religious people, they were not interested, as we have already said. But before we condemn them, we need to realize that all of us are guilty, are sinners before God. God's one declares, all have sinned. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single sin that we have ever committed is open. There is no sin that is hidden to our God. He knows everything. There is no creature that is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. That is what we need to realize. God's holy law condemns us
1: because of our sin. And so
0: we can't, we should not blame the woman or these people. We need to realize that it is the mercy of God. In one of our hymns, we have these ones eternal light, eternal light. How pure the soul must be, when placed within thy searching sight, it shrinks, not but with calm delight can live and look on thee. The spirits that surround thy throne may bear the burning's bliss, but that is surely theirs alone, since they have never, never known a fallen wound like this. Oh, how shall I, whose native sphere is dark? Whose mind is dim, before the ineffable, before, before the ineffable appear, and on my naked spirit bear their created beam. Those people went away, and so we see Jesus in this particular case applying the law of God. When He says, "Let him who is without sin be the first to cast the stone." And those accusers were found out their depravity, their self-righteousness, because that is the problem that they had. Their hypocrisy, because when they were coming, they were not actually interested in God's glory. They were coming to find a way of accusing the Lord Jesus. Suddenly, they walked away. What we need to realize is for us to receive God's mercy, we must be convicted by God's holy law that we have sinned greatly.
1: Jesus excused this woman.
0: He did not condemn her, but he did not excuse her sin. He did not condone her behavior. He showed grace. and the same hymn I was referring to, this is what it continues to tell us, there is a way for man to rise to that sublime abode, an offering and a sacrifice, a Holy Spirit's energies, and advocate with God. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, his sacrifice on the cross. That is, is what enables us to come to Christ, because that is what prepares us to be able to stand before a holy God clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ and
1: be able to stand in his presence.
0: That is what enables the sons of ignorance who dwell in the eternal light through the eternal life. So God's grace is for those who repent of their sins, because God's grace satisfies
1: the law that is broken. I would like us to now look at this this passage and uh,
0: Because it is an astounding claim that Christ is making. When he says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is a really big claim, an astounding claim. Because what the Lord is saying, he is saying that he is actually equal with God. We have already referred to the Old Testament and what the the Feast of the Tabernacle was remembering. So what we need to realize from this passage is uh, when Jesus is making this claim, he's actually claiming to be God.
1: We are going to look at the...
0: the claim that Jesus makes. For example, in in Exodus chapter 13, verse 21, And the Lord went before them by, by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire, who gave them light, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before them. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 19 and 20, Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other, all night. I think we can, we can say that um, when the, the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, it was by night, because that is what this passage is telling us, but to them, it was light throughout the night. To the Egyptians, it was darkness. And even there, there we see the picture of light and darkness, the contrast that I, I was mentioning earlier on. And that is what the Lord is saying here. When he says he is the light of the world, he is claiming to be God in human flesh. The glory that was there represented by the cloud
1: which did not depart is what Christ is claiming here. He is saying, I am
0: one with God. He is the great I am of Exodus chapter 3 when God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush and Moses asked what is The name in Exodus three fourteen. God said to Moses, "I am who whom who I am," and he said, "Say this to the people of Israel: I am has sent me to you." And that is what Jesus is claiming here. Let's look at verse twenty four, for example, of John chapter chapter eight, the chapter we are considering. Unless you believe that I am you will die in your sins. And also in verse 28, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And in John chapter 8, later on in the same chapter, verse 58, truly truly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And that is why the the, the Jews wanted to stone him. But he, he left them. So Jesus is claiming to be God. He is also claiming to be the Son of God, and there is the emphasis of that one in this passage. Because in verse 14, it says, I know where I come from and where I am going. He tells them, you are from below. I am from above. Jesus came from the
1: Father.
0: He speaks on behalf of the Father and he was going back to the Father. Jesus is one with the Father. Jesus enjoyed a special
1: relationship with the Father.
0: In verse 19, they are asking, why is your father Jesus answered? You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. And that is uh,
1: something we need to, to, to realize. Jesus speaks on the authority of the father, and he does not do anything on his own.
0: Jesus is sinless because he always pleased the God. That is what he is saying in verse twenty-nine. He who sent me is with me. He has not left me, for I always do things that are pleasing to him. Also, when you 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 think about what Jesus is saying when he is saying, "I am the light of the world," he is claiming to be the savior of the world. In Psalm 27, verse 1, this is what we read, the Lord is my salvation. No, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So you can see the link between salvation and the light. Also, when you look at the book of Isaiah, we read a lot about the promised Messiah. And that is what Jesus is claiming to be. When he is saying, I am the light of the world. Isaiah chapter nine, verse two. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them as light shined. Sometimes back, we were looking at the seven songs of Isaiah. Isaiah 42 verse 6, I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations. And 49 verse 6, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Also, still in Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1 to 3, Arise, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So Jesus, when he says, I am the light of the world, he is saying he is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy about the servant of the Lord, about the promised Messiah. In fact, if you were to look at the Gospel of John itself, the very first chapter, this is what we read from verse 4. In him was life Which enlightens everyone was coming to the world. John was talking about the coming of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And John is, the the Apostle John is telling us John the Baptist was not the light, but he was going to bear witness to the light
1: from.
0: Those prophecies in Isaiah, we learn that Jesus is not just the light of the Jews, but of the world. That is why he's saying, I am the light of the world. And maybe one of the reasons why the Jews hated him is because they thought the Messiah was coming as their Redeemer. But here Jesus comes and proclaims, I am. The light of the world, not just for the Jews, but for the world. And what we need to realize is that the world has no other light apart from Jesus. The world and everyone else in the world means Jesus as their light. And when you think about this light, This is the light that makes sin to be foreign and ugly. I would like just to remind you of the picture again of the woman caught in adultery. Because when Jesus said, let him who is without sin be the first to cast the stone, those people were thinking about their sins. And that is what convicted them. That is what condemned them. That is what made them going away one by one, one by one. The woman, of course, was condemned because she had broken God's law. But even there, when the Lord had mercy on her, she also learned what it means to be forgiven and to live
1: a transformed life.
0: So the Lord Jesus Christ as the light makes enables us to see our sin when we are in the light. We are able to see what, what is happening and what we are doing. I've just remembered an incident when I was a very, very small boy. And uh,
1: Those days, there were
0: no lamps. My father came at night, food had been prepared, it was in a a pot, and I was given the responsibility of serving him,
1: but it was in the dark.
0: I got a a plate and went and served. I thought there was, serving him well. I put something in the plate. And when I gave him, <laughs> he spit, and he asked for water. What had happened
1: in the house? There was a asufuria, a, 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 a which was full of cow dung.
0: Because they were collecting it. It was being collected so that it, they can use it for repairing the, the, the house. And that is what I served in my father. Yeah.
1: You can see what happens when it is dark. I don't
0: forget that incident. I wasn't punished. <laughs> I think my father understood. Even though you it used to be very strict with me. But anyway, I hope it illustrates it to show us what it means to, to do things in darkness. And when there is light, we are able to see so that we do the right thing. If there was light, there, was, there wasn't a torch, you know, they were using the fire for cooking. And when when you are finished with the cooking, the fire goes off. There is no way you 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 you, you couldn't uh,
1: get any light.
0: And that that is what the Lord does. He exposes our sins. He enables us to see ourselves. When we are before Christ, we are able to see our sin, and we can only go to Him for cleansing, like that woman found when she was forgiven and she was told to see no more. From this passage also, we, we, we learn that Jesus, as the light of the world, is qualified to be the judge. Because as we have already seen, light exposes the deeds of darkness. In fact, still in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, this is what we read. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. It is only when we are in the presence of Christ that our sins are exposed. There is also something that we learn from this passage with Jesus claiming to be the light of the world. It reveals the truth about God. Because you look at this passage, he's talking about his relationship with the God. What we need to realize is that Jesus is saying he came from the Father, and he is returning to the Father. And these people are asking, where is your Father? They can't see the Father. They will not know the Father because they have refused to know the Lord Jesus Christ. John, in chapter 1, verse 18, tells us, No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the bottom, the Father's side, he has made him known. Later on in chapter 10, verse 30, John, John, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. So there isn't anybody really who has seen God. It is only Christ who can make him known. You remember during the last night when Jesus was with his disciples and he was talking to them, in John chapter 14, he tells them, if you had known me, you would have known the father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough. Jesus is telling them, you have seen him. And Philip is saying, show us the Father, and it is enough. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me? Know me, Philip, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? You do not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The ones that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but..." The father who dwells in me does his works. Believe in me that I am in the father and the father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves.
1: God dwells
0: in an approachable light. And no one has seen God. No I has seen God. We can only know God through the Son. Here, what Jesus says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And and no one who knows who the Son is except the Father. Or who the father is, except the son, and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. So really, these people were in total confusion. They took the Lord Jesus Christ. They looked at him from a human point of view. They were just thinking, "He is a man like them." In fact, if you read the previous chapter, they they are questioning, "How does this?" Man knows so much, and yet he has not been to school or to one of the theological institutions. Where did he learn? They did not believe in him. But what he is telling us through this proclamation that he is the light is that for us to be able to know God, it has got to be through him. You remember the hymn we sing, whose chorus is praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father, through Jesus, the Son, and give him the glory, great things he has done. There isn't any hope for any one of us to approach God who is holy And this, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is truly God in human flesh. He is the all-sufficient Savior who provides for all the needs of his people. When Jesus is making this, this great proclamation, this claim, he is making himself equal, with God. He is saying, I and the Father are the same. And what do we read in verse 20? These ones he spoke in the treasury and as he taught in the temple. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. He was claiming to be God and that was to the Jews blasphemy. But before his time, no one could touch him. We have looked at this great claim that the Lord is
1: making. I would like us to look at
0: <coughs> the response. What is your response to Jesus' claim to be in the light of the world? And there are two responses. One is the the right response, because Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So there is the right response. You must follow Jesus. That is the right response. And to follow Jesus means to trust Him as your Savior and to obey Him as your Lord. Trust and obey. And when Jesus is is, is saying, whoever follows me, He is looking at those people who are going to be totally committed to Him
1: with no looking back. Remember, when he called his disciples, they, they were fishermen.
0: Simon Peter, Andrew's brother, John and James, they were partners in the fish, fishing business. So them he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they followed him. They left, we are told they left their boats with their father and and, and, and they left that business completely. It was total commitment. Also in in the book of Luke chapter nine, from verse 57 to 52, there there was somebody who was very enthusiastic, who wanted to follow Jesus. and, And he said, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus told him the truth. Foxes have their own holes, barns have their nests, but the Son of Man doesn't have a place to lay his hand. Then there was another one who wanted to follow him, or Jesus requested him to follow him, but he gave an excuse. He wanted to go and uh, and bury his father, but Jesus told him, let the dead bury the dead. Another one, Wanting to go and say goodbye when the Lord told him to follow him. But the Lord told him, whoever puts his hands on the plow and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom. And so what Jesus is expecting from his followers is a total commitment. You remember the call of Matthew, a tax collector, somebody who was well off. As, as the tax collector and when the lord found him and told him follow me he left what he was doing and followed christ and we are told later on he gave a, a feast with very many tax collectors maybe he was wishing them bidding them farewell and and uh, those Disciples, those apostles were totally committed to following Christ. That is what is expected of the followers of Christ. But we need to realize that if we don't follow Christ, then we will walk in darkness.
1: We will walk in darkness.
0: Only those who follow Jesus will walk in the light. And those Life is prom- to those who follow Jesus, life is promised. Remember, and we, we, we have been referring to the Exodus example, the Lord was going before them in the pillar of cloud. Those people had no option but to follow that cloud because it gave them direction. John chapter 12 verse 36, Jesus says, while you you have light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So there's that privilege, that promise to those who follow Christ. And there are very many blessings that follow those who follow Christ. When you look, you, 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 again, we think about that clown, it not only provided them with the direction, but it also protected them. You have already seen the army of Pharaoh pursuing, wanting to destroy the people of Israel, but the clown stood. To them, it was darkness. The, 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 the people of Israel. It was light even as they were passing through the Red Sea. God protected them against their enemies. And even now we ourselves as Christians, we need that protection. We need the presence of the Lord. Because we have spiritual enemies that wage war against our souls. He protects us.
1: We long for the day when this world will be filled with the light of Christ as the waters cover the sea.
0: At that time, all darkness will be gone. The works of darkness and all the sons of darkness will be cast out. Obviously, those who do not follow Christ, their place is hell. And hell is described
1: as outer darkness.
0: Jesus is the radiance of the Father. He will fill the world and everything will be beautiful with the light of Christ. So that is the right response
1: follow Christ whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life
0: the life of Christ that is what we are promised but then there there are those who reject Christ
1: that is what I would like us to consider
0: You read immediately after Jesus makes that claim in verse 13. Verse 13, you are testifying again about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Instead of listening, evaluating what the Lord is saying, they are actually telling him, You are a liar. They are basing this argument from what the Lord and says in chapter 5, verse 31, if I bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Maybe some of them the not talking, giving that, that statement. The Pharisees are accusing Jesus of contradicting himself. They are saying your testimony is false because you are bearing witness about yourself by saying, I am the light of the world. What they, didn't, they don't realize is, in the previous chapter, Jesus is giving one example of, of, after another, one witness after another. John the Baptist, the miracles that he, Jesus performed, the testimony of Moses himself, the wand of God, the works that Jesus had performed, We are all bearing witness, and then he is talking about the witness of the Father. The Old Testament prophecies all pointed to the, the Lord Jesus Christ. The few that we have looked obviously confirm that. So they are rejecting Jesus based on the law. The evidence of two or three witnesses to establish a challenge—that is what is we read in Deuteronomy nineteen verse fifteen. But what Jesus meant in in chapter five, verse thirty-one, what he meant is he is saying that if I acted independently of the Father, my witness would be invalid. His witness would not be true if he was actually acting independent of the father but what we need to realize from this passage is the fact that these people were rejecting jesus for for no reason no good reason at all in verse 14 this is what, what the Lord says, he is, he is actually giving them the fact that there is another witness and that is the Father. Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I'm going? But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. He is telling them that I came from God, so I'm going back to God.
1: Those who do not know God
0: will not see Jesus as the light of the world. These people are judging Jesus outwardly according to the flesh. That is what we have read in verse 15. So without spiritual life, we will not be able to see the light. We would still be in darkness. Jesus thanked the people in truth because He depended on the Father, the Father who went and sent Him. He is claiming He is not His only witness, He is not just the only one who is the witness, the Father also bears witness about the Son. And and then he reminds them of the law in in verse 18. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the father who sent me bears witness about me. And then you look at these people again. They are not convinced. In verse 19, they they say, where is your father? they are questioning about his paternity and maybe because there were rumors going around that Jesus was born before his mother was married maybe that is why when they are asking this question it was not the motive was not right right maybe maybe they wanted to remind him hmm,
1: we know Like, like you can see in, in verse 41, Jesus says, you are doing the works
0: of your father, the devil. He said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. And, and, and maybe that is what was in their mind when they are asking, telling Jesus, asking Jesus, where is your father? And in answer to that one, Jesus tells them, Jesus, you, you know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would have known my Father also. So when these people refused to accept Jesus, to recognize him for his claims, for his works, for the many miracles that he had performed, they were rejecting Jesus, they, 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 they rejected him and they remained in their spiritual darkness.
1: And that
0: happens because their deeds were evil, even as we have already seen. Men laughed in the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That is the root reason. Sin is the one that makes us reject the Savior. And Jesus came to deal with the sin. Jesus, as the light, exposes sin. Jesus exposed their sin. In fact, in the previous chapter, he challenges them, why do you want to kill me? He knew
1: they wanted to kill him, and He, in chapter 7, verse
0: 19, why do you seek to kill, to kill me? And then they, they, ask, they, they say in that chapter, if you read, that, 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 the answer to that one, if you read, they accuse Jesus of being under the influence of the devil. But they are the ones actually who are under the influence of the evil one.
1: So we, we, we need
0: to realize that the only way we can es- escape is by accepting our sins. When the wonder of God has come to us and has disappointed about evil deeds, we don't run away, we don't deny, we don't start mocking like these people did We need to accept that we have sinned before God. I would like us briefly to look at. Uh, if I wonder,
1: application. The the implications of this claim. In the first place, there is the
0: the issue of spiritual blindness. In verse twenty-one, this is what we read. So he said to them again, "I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sins." I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. That is what he is saying in verse twenty-one and twenty-four. So if you don't see the light of Christ and follow him. If you remain in your spiritual darkness, in your sins, the Lord is saying, you
1: will die in your sins. I told
0: you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am you will die in your sins. Jesus died and he rose again and went to the Father. That is the fact. If you persist in your rejection of Christ as your light, as the light of the world, you will die in your sins and perish in hell forever. Those are the ones of Christ. And as we have already seen, hell is outer darkness.
1: I'm reminded of a a song which says,
0: there is a line that is drawn by rejecting the Lord where the core of the Spirit where the core of his spirit is lost, and you hurry along with pleasure, manned strong. Have you counted? Have you counted the cost? Have you counted the cost if your soul should be lost? Though you gain the whole world for your own, even now it may be that the line you have crossed Have you counted the cost? You may batter your hope of eternity's moon for a moment of joy at the most, for the glitter of sin and the things it will win. Have you counted the cost? Have you counted the cost? While the door with mercy is open to you, before the death, the death of his love, you exhaust. Won't you come and be healed? Won't you whisper, I yield? I have counted, I have counted the cost." So there is a cost.
1: And people are trading in eternity for pleasure. These people the Jewish leaders were looking at what
0: they were losing because Jesus challenged their their sins. So the only hope we have is the Lord Jesus Christ because again in verse 24, this is what he says, unless you believe that I am, you will die in your sins. He is saying, believe that I am, that I am from the Father and that I and the Father are one. Believe that I am the light of the world, and receive me as your light, and you will not perish. In verse 28, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am. And that verse reminds me of what was covered during the the morning Andrew's Bible study, because he was studying about the conversion of one of the thieves on the cross. Because here Jesus is talking about his death on the cross. He is telling them, you are going to lift me, you are going to crucify me. And when that happens, then you will know that I am. If you remember what we read in the gospels about the crucifixion the crucifixion of Christ there was darkness from the tw- the, 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 the 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 sixth hour from 12 of, say to around 3 o'clock darkness great darkness and it wasn't a moon the eclipse of the moon because the the celebration of the the, the Feast of Tabernacles was, was taking place when there was full moon. So it wasn't an eclipse. It was total darkness that God brought as Christ was dying on the cross. And what I enjoyed in the Bible study in the morning is the, there, there are these two thieves, one on the left, one on the right. One listens to, to or, From the passage we read in Luke,
1: there there is the crowd mocking,
0: including the soldiers. And then the Lord prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And then after that, one of the thieves starts mocking Jesus. If you are the Christ, save yourself and save save us also. And then the other one rebukes him. Don't you realize that? We are under the same sentence. And this one has not done anything. He's aware of the reason why he is dying. And he knows that Christ is innocent. And then he prays, remember me, when you come to your kingdom, the Lord had given him faith and enabled him to see that there is a kingdom, to look beyond the present suffering and to long for the kingdom of Christ. So to, even though there was total darkness, the wound around, there were people, at least we can, we can count on two, the, the, the thief who prayed, prayed with Christ to remember him, there was light. He could see a future in the kingdom of God, and he longed to be in that kingdom. But the, the other one was mocking. The people were mocking also. They remained in their darkness. Also, we are reminded of the one of the soldiers, the one who was leading, who confesses that truly this is a righteous man. So there are people, even though there was darkness, there were people who were, still able to see Christ as the light of the world. And obviously, that was not the end because when he was buried, after three days, he rose triumphantly. He had overcome all the works of darkness. He rose again. He is in glory. And that is our only hope. They find Jesus and that accomplished his mission as the Savior of the world. Jesus is in glory, reigning forever, and he is going to come one of these days in glory, not in humiliation like he came the first time. The the job that we have is to believe in him. Believe in him now and you have your sins forgiven. Don't wait and die in your sins. There is this hymn which says, Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wood and sick and sore." Jesus ready stands to save, full of pity, love and power. He is able, he is able, he is willing, doubt no more. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you wait until you're better, You will never come at all. Not the righteous, not the righteous sinners, Jesus came to save. Still in in, in application, we need to realize that people in spiritual darkness need the gospel. That is the responsibility that we have. To share the gospel. Jesus says you are the light of the world. He is addressing his disciples, his followers in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Shine. You are a believer. You know the Lord Jesus Christ. Your sins have been forgiven. You have the responsibility of sharing the gospel with those who are in darkness. Those who do not know the Savior. So that they too will come to faith and follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for giving us your wand. We pray, Lord God, that the enemy of our souls will not take that wand, but the spirits of the living God will use that wand to bring faith to those who do not know the Savior. And those who know the Savior, Lord, we pray that we will be encouraged. Even though we face many challenges in this life, we pray, Lord God, that we will be able to see those challenges, those problems that we face in the light of Christ. Because this world is, we are there for a moment. Christ is coming for us. For when we, if we die before he comes, then we will be with him. Lord, make that one our hope.